Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome back to another episode of Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl, and if you have been following along, you know that we've been kind of going through a, a path around the nation of possible picks that the Bears could take outside of that number nine pick. We've talked a ton about the number nine picks, and now it's time to move on from that a little bit and talk about some of these other guys that the Bears can help build this roster. So today we are joined by Chris Solari. He's Michigan State reporter for Detroit Free Press. Chris, thanks so much for hopping on with me. Yeah, glad I could join you, Taylor. And um, obviously, if you are at what whatsoever, if you followed along with the Bears or if you've looked at mock drafts or if you followed along at all, you probably know that wide receiver Jaden Reed has been one of the ones that the Bears did have for a visit. And so that kind of sparked my interest a little bit. I know a, I, I knew a little bit about Jaden just because I do actually have some friends that are Michigan State fans. So I, I heard them talking about him a little bit, but we want to dive a little bit more into that. So the draft net, the draft network, com has him ranked as the 78th best prospect out of all the position groups and the 10th best wide receiver at the moment. Obviously, that varies from site to site. Um, but the Bears had him in for that visit. And so this kind of led me to that po- this podcast, Chris, with you. Um, day two pick likely is seeming. Um, before the senior, senior Bowl, he was projected more like a round four guy. And recently you see him in some mocks up into the top of the second round or late mid-second round. So when you look at him and you look at those initial numbers – Chris, for his senior year, you're not completely blown, blown away. He was coming off a season before that with over 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns. So tell us a little bit about what happened the senior year and, way, and why we may have seen those numbers decrease a little bit. Yeah, I, I think you got to look at, at his injuries that really hampered what Jaden Reed's senior season was. Uh, he came through uh, preseason camp with a foot injury but was able to play early in the season. Then in the second game against Akron, uh, he made a – real acrobatic catch on the sideline and had a freak slide into the opposing bench. And apparently the opposing benches don't have the corners protected. So he ended up with a pretty deep deep laceration on his back. And, you know, it took about half the season for Jaden Reed to kind of get back up to speed. He missed the Washington game. Uh, I believe he missed another game after that. Um, And it was a little slow going with the foot. But once he got into the second half of the season, you could tell that he was starting to get a little closer to where he was a year earlier um, because he was an electric force. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Jalen Naylor, who ended up with the Vikings, uh, was kind of a deep threat two years ago, uh, but he was battling injuries, and, and Reed was really the star of that receiver group. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, he, he had a big chemistry with, with Peyton Thorne from their days all the way back to Naperville, mm-hmm. Illinois, uh, just outside of Chicago. Yeah. Um, but I think what you're seeing now coming out of the combine, coming out of some of these visits, is Jaden Reed is back to being healthy. Yeah. And he is he's a guy that can contribute in your receiving game and in the return game, which I think 
enhances his value significantly for a team. Oh, definitely. And that's one of the things I was just going to mention because you talk about versatility a little bit, and not only was he used in the receiving game, but he also contributed in special teams, which helps, especially when it's a young receiver. I think some of those guys, if you do have some veterans, maybe they're getting put to help there a little bit more. Um, but how effective was he in that, in that aspect of the game when he was put onto the special teams for a return? Yeah, last year wasn't as much, and in fact, they you know after the injuries, they they pulled him from kickoff returns, which he had done the previous year. Um, but he, in terms of punt return, which you know at the college game now that it's it's tough to find punt returns, and mm-hmm. he returned two for a touchdown in 2021, and really had a couple others uh, over the course of his three years at MSU that were called back. He was a dynamic return man in his one season at Western Michigan as well. You know, a guy that can. Really, he's got tremendous vision uh, in the punt game and and can find a crease and use his speed and and agility to get to the edge and and pick up some big yards. So that's and and that's that's a rare thing right now Mm -hmm. to find in a college guys. So I I think that's one of the things that that when he's healthy, uh, that's where he and we talked about this uh, after the 2021 year when he decided to come back for another year. That's ultimately what would make him boost his stock into maybe that that second day kind of like we're hearing uh is that ability in the return game yeah and so it's funny because i didn't even realize he was from right outside chicago which is we kind of it's been a little bit of a joke because ryan poles has just gone after illinois guy after illinois guy and this starts in the draft last season and this off season the, the amount of guys that grew up bears fans because they were from near or around or in Chicago is funny. And then now even a lot of the guys that we're talking about in the draft, whether it be Lucas Van Ness or John Michael Schmitz, all of these guys were all from Illinois. So it's really funny. I didn't realize that one. Another one that Ryan Poles is checking off the list for that. Um, But a little bit more on the versatility because Michigan State used him in a lot of ways on the offense side of the ball. Uh, The X or Z alignments and the slot, plus he was in the backfield a little bit. Where do you believe that Jaden can be used the best and reach his highest potential? Yeah, I think I think he's a slot guy at the next level for sure, and he's got that experience and exposure. Um, they were able to bounce him outside. I think his size really is the one thing that you look at. I mean, it's a generous six foot, um, mm-hmm. but he's a, it's also a sturdy six foot. So, you know, I think that that's uh, he, he he's he's a strong kid, um, and I think some of the things you've seen him make some high point catches in traffic um, over the middle, which which really to me. Kind of, sh- and he can get to the edge too, and make some plays on the outside in the same way, and go up and, and get a ball and use his his bulk to to kind of shield defenders from from getting to it. And he, he's he's a tremendous high point guy to me. Um, you know that that's I think where he is at, at his best. He's not a guy that's gonna that's gonna blow by you down the sideline or over the middle, um, but he can make catches, and he can make catches in the short. He can make catches in the deep. Yeah, and also I think one of the things that I've read about him a lot is kind of the the run after catch ability, and obviously that's a major strong suit for any wide receiver once you get to the NFL level. In the NFL level, and the scouts say um, he's hard to bring down due to his strength. Even though you said the size may not fully be there, but that lower strength they talk about a lot. Um, but they also say maybe not the fastest of wide receivers either. But his acceleration is huge, especially when he is in that open field, which obviously is I. I ideal as long as you find ways to get him the ball and get the ball in his hands but is there another strength you would say that he holds that could really kind of separate him from maybe some of these guys that are projected to be around him 
Yeah, I think the vision, too. I think what he shows in, 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 as a punt returner translates to those over-the-middle catches on drag routes and, and some intermediate routes where he's, he's making defenders miss. Um, that's, I think, where the acceleration, you, you see that peak. He's got kind of, at times, he can be a herky-jerky guy that, that can use his, his uh, athletic ability to get away from dudes and then run away from them after that. So I do think that that's, you know, it, 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 it's football speed, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's, you know where, where they had Naylor uh, two years ago at Michigan State, he was a track guy. He would beat you deep um, on fly routes. But Reed was a guy that could could beat you in the open field and then take it to the house just with his vision and setting up blockers. And I think that's another thing, too. When you talk about the strength piece, he is a very good edge blocker for his size particularly. So I think that's that's something I think helps. He's a tremendous football player, you know, that, that kind of guy that, that can deliver a block or make a catch and stiff arm a guy and get away from him. Yeah, I think that's definitely an, an underestimated aspect because I feel like we definitely on the Bears, obviously they made a move this offseason, and the reason they're at nine and not one is because they went and got DJ Moore. They know they need more weapons for Justin Fields, but they had a guy, Equinemia St. Brown, last season who was a great blocker, but everyone's like, okay, well, he's also a wide receiver. Can he catch the ball? Um, so having someone who can catch the ball and block is obviously a big strength, but we talk about the strengths a lot. What about um, – what about some uh, a negative? What do you is there anything that you worry about transferring over from uh, the, from college football to the NFL? Yeah, I think I think facing bigger defensive backs on the regular is one thing, um, but again, like I said, I think his ability to to high point the ball and use his body as a shield helps with that. Uh, but it's it's a different level there. I mean, is he going to get jammed on the line, and, and is he going to be able to respond and get away from that that initial jolt? Um, in press coverage. I, I think that's one thing that will be an issue. And again, you know, if, if you're lining up in a slot, um, you're more than likely will be tagged on a safety uh, unless you get a mismatch on a linebacker. And if they jam you, well, that's, those are bigger guys. Okay. And I, I think that's something that, that could be a concern. Um, but I don't think that was ever really an issue he did line up in a slot uh, or even on the edge against smaller cornerbacks. He, he, he plays physical. Um, it, again, it's a different level. Yeah. I mean, even though the Big Ten, you know, guys like guys like DJ Moore, we, you know, I saw him in Maryland, and he's kind of that prototype NFL body uh, for the outside guy. I think Reed to me is a guy that that does translate into the the middle of the field in the slot. Uh, but you know, if he is he going to be able to shed those blockers uh, to get free once when you're running them over the middle like that. That's, I think, one concern for him. Yeah, and I think that we have a, a I guess, pretty similar when it comes to Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney also 5'11", 5'12", depending who you ask. But I think that, that body type is a little more similar to him. But I love Darnell Mooney. I think he can make some incredible plays, um, especially when there's guys helping. And that's the difference is when it's just that guy, it's a little more difficult. But when you have someone like DJ Moore attracting some of those corners, it, it makes it a little easier. A couple more for you, Chris, before I let you go. Obviously, you mentioned that injury and how it kind of lingered last season. But a part of it, it that I immediately thought of was how did he handle that personally because he chose to come back another year and then this other year has an unfortunate injury and the numbers kind of go down a little bit and there was some worry that he was going to drop down to maybe like the fourth round at certain points. So how did he handle that personally? I, I, I think he's a pretty strong character kid, but I do think it was frustrating um, because he did come back, especially the way Michigan State 
uh, had an 11 and two season in 2021, and he was such an integral part of it. Um, you know, there, there's that feeling I, I think that he had that you could tell that the competitor of him wasn't satisfied and wasn't happy yeah. with being not being a hundred percent. And I think that's that's a good kind of drive. Like mm-hmm. I, I think that's one thing that I, I've seen from him over the course of his three years that he played at Michigan State. Um, he was a kid that wanted to get better and strive to and and was a demanding player he, you know but also a, a good teammate which i think is kind of one of those things that you you see a guy like that that you know if you're looking for a guy that's going to be a contributor uh in a couple different phases of your game you want that you want a guy that's not going to be sitting there and demanding the ball all the time mm-hmm. uh as a receiver um, knowing that he's going to be more of a slot guy and more of a return guy. Um, so I do think those are some positives from him. But I think that, you know, I think he also kind of understood the freak nature of the injury. So yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't one of those things where he was uh, totally down in the dumps either. And I think when he came back, you know, you, you started to see it, it took a little bit of time, like I said, with the foot uh, to really get, you know, back to a little more – closer to, to the guy that, that we saw two years ago. Uh, but I, I do think that when he did, you know, I mean, you know, his, his numbers down the stretch really started to, to go up. And, you know, I, I think it was probably the Wisconsin game that, that he had his best performance of the year. And, you know, that's where you started to see the Jaden Reed of old. So, listen, I mean, I think one of the other things, too, is not having uh, – uh, Jalen Naylor, who went, who left a year early for the NFL, and, and the Vikings took him last year. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think that that drew a lot more attention to Jaden Reed. Yeah. That was, that was something that I, I think he was able to handle. Um, but you know, th- there were some other dynamics in their offense that there was struggles in run games, so they had to throw the ball a lot. Yeah. So, uh, so when you're throwing the ball almost every time, and, and opposing teams were well aware of of his connection with Peyton Thorne, there were extra sets of eyes on Jaden Reed that I think also kind of limited some of his numbers in big games compared to two years ago. So that's something that, you know, you get to that next level, you aren't going to have those kind of eyes for a player like this. And I think that'll allow him to to kind of shine a little bit more in the role that he'll be in. Which I love that. And also speaking of just because you were talking about the way he handled, he kind of battled through it. It shows a lot about the person he is because obviously he battled through the entire season and was still able to, towards the end, you know, be closer to the self he was. And a lot of guys could have kind of given up and gotten frustrated and he didn't. And then he also used the Senior Bowl as such a big stage for him to say, okay, like this season wasn't who I am. This is who I am, and I love that. It makes me really excited for him. Um, Last one for you, Chris, before I let you go. Obviously, to me personally, the skill sets ultimately match up perfectly with what Chicago needs right now and that that missing piece they have. Um, Now, with two picks in the second round and one in the third, um, the hopes would be to stack him at one of those. So 53, 61, 64, they have all three of those. Do you see him landing around that area? Do you see the Bears having a chance getting him there? Yeah, I think that's kind of one of those. I, I think the draft draft day and draft weekend, you always see guys making a move up. I don't think he necessarily has the measurables to be one of those kind of guys because oftentimes those are the guys that that are combine stars in terms of speed and strength. Um, so I think that's a pretty fair assessment in that in that general range where he'll end up. 
I don't see him as a guy that's going to shoot up higher than that, uh, and I don't see him as a guy that's going to drop much lower than that because I don't feel like you have character issues and I don't feel like you have uh, any lingering injury issues that might cause him to drop. I think what he did at the Senior Bowl, what he did at the Combine, what he's been doing in his workouts have kind of kind of showed people that, that what they saw from Jaden Reed in 2021 is the, is the version of him that you'll get at the next level. All right, Chris. Well, I can just from this interview tell why Ryan Poles wanted to see him in Chicago. Like I said, I knew a little bit about him, but not a ton. So I really appreciate you hopping on with me and uh, letting me know a little more about Jaden Reed. You got it, Taylor. Take care. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. Now, I know this episode is going to really interest some people because the Jackson, Smith, and Jigba people are still out there. Like I said, Draft Network has nine other wide receivers ranked ahead of him. But if you fa- if you rewind to that 2021 season and now knowing that he was just dealing with like that injury that would just was lingering all last season and still was able to put up the numbers that he did um it's honestly really impressive and i think that the glimpses that you've seen of Jaden Reed another like he said 6 foot pushing it I, i've read more 511 512 um so more of a mooney type guy um slot type guy but i'm just picturing an offense with a guy like this who is strong, who can, you know, make some of those contested catches despite being smaller, is hard to tackle. Um, you can put him in slot. He can be on the outside sometimes. And then you also, you're you're matching this up with Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, and DJ Moore, in addition to Cole Komet and Robert Tunyon. <laughs> it is making me so excited for this season. And I don't even know. I don't even know if we're drafting him. I don't know what wide wide receiver we're going for. But if this is the 10th best wide receiver and we can get any of those, I'm personally happy um, because I think that already, obviously, our offense has improved. So it's going to be really fun to see what they do, where they go in this draft to help Justin Fields even more. But it makes me so excited for this offense because I, I posted something on Twitter the other day and it was kind of a, it was one of the like kind of dart the uh, dot graphs chart things that are talking about it was comparing the quarterback play uh, for it was like week seven to thirteen last season and their efficiency it had Justin Fields was in the top five I think it was top five most efficient quarterbacks in week through seven seven through thirteen at that exact same time the Bears had the second or third worst surrounding situations and it kind of graded them you know they have all the numbers and statistics of who's doing what and yards after catch and first downs from uh, wide receivers and da 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 and it was the Giants the Texans and the Bears were the three worst and Justin Fields despite having that was the top in the top five most efficient quarterbacks so if he was doing that with that imagine what he's going to do with even like a, a you know an, an improved line, which I expected to be improved already, um, and then also adding DJ Moore and also pro- possibly one of these guys, it's just so fun to think about. Um, but anyways, we're going to continue three week long project, as I've mentioned, of all of the guys that the Bears could potentially draft. This is outside of that first round pick, so obviously they also could trade back up into the first round if they bundle some of their other ones. And there's a guy sitting there at you know twenty three, twenty four that they really want. Um, because I have heard several teams talking about things like that. I've also heard several teams talking about trying to trade with the Bears for that nine and the Bears trading back a few more spots. So, uh, so many possibilities, but we want we can't touch on all of them. But we'll touch on the ones that we're hearing a lot about or that you know we have heard are doing visits to sh- with the Bears. Um, but it'll be really fun. It's going to be a fun three weeks. So. 
Thanks again for listening. This is Making Monsters, and I'm Taylor Dahl.